Hello, Destin. How's it going, Casey? Welcome back to the Leadership Podcast. Uh, it's our it's our normal weekly show. We're going to do every single week. We got a couple of games, some tech that essentially might change the entire world, Definitely. and we'll talk about a couple of creators that we've been you know looking at. Uh, you could probably guess that it's going to be tech related because of both of us building PCs soon. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to get the best information as possible. For me, myself, I'm not buying anything crazy expensive. I'm trying to keep my costs low, so I'm trying to just literally get the best bang for buck PC. <laughs> so I've been watching so, so much shit just trying to get everything. I'm, I'm not going super lavish, but I'm, I'm, I'm spending a little bit more. Yeah. So for the games, we're going to talk about Doom Eternal, which is coming out in March, which is also going to be available on the Switch. Oh, really? And also, the other game we're talking about is Outer Worlds, which has already been released, but it's coming to the Switch this year. Oh, nice. Yes. It's also coming to the Switch this year, which is super, super dope. That means, like, everyone I know, like, I can get Sam to play it now Mm -hmm. on his Switch. Yeah. Uh, If anybody remembers Sam from the Pokemon episode, as of recording this, you haven't heard it yet, but it'll be up by the time you hear this. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway... Uh, let's just jump into Doom. Anything you want to say first? Uh, oh yeah, the tech. We're going to talk about Mojo Vision. Yes. Mojo Vision is a really, really dope, uh, new contact lens that is going to bring AR directly to your face. Which is going to be very interesting. From what people are going to understand as we go through these podcasts and everything progresses and you listen to us more and more, I fucking love AR. Yeah. Augmented reality is one of my favorite things uh, as new technology advances and whatnot. And this is like the where I want it to go. Yeah. Is this direction that just makes everything awesome. So let's really? talk about these games and then we'll talk about that. What were we going to say? I was just going to say like AR for me is, uh, it's one of those weird things. It's like it has its place, but I don't know. It's still infant technology. Yeah. It's like, in I'll, I'll have to learn more about it to yeah. really figure out how I feel, I guess. Okay, so let's talk about Doom. Doom Eternal. So, the whole plot of Doom Eternal. Do you care to explain to us what Doom Eternal is? <laughs> so, so the whole premise of Doom Eternal can be summarized in two sentences. Yeah, pretty much. Just two sentences. Demons invade Earth, you kill demons. Yep. That's what the game's about. You're, and what was he called? The Doombringer? You're the Doomslayer. Doomslayer. Earth has been overrun by demons, and you have come to Earth to save the human race. And that's every single Doom game since, like, the 80s. When it, was well, it originally <laughs> took place on Mars. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Because people, like, found a portal or some shit in Mars, yeah. and that was, like, OG Doom, where you yeah. had to get it through, like, file share or whatever it was. Yeah. So, literally, the, the for me, Doom games are just about, like, how graphic can you make a game? Yeah. Like, the gorier it is, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Because you have you have the, uh, like, sh- literal, literal glory kills. Yeah. Which are just as gory, violent as possible. I think that's what made it, though. Like, yep. there was, I was watching a video, it's a long time ago, but it was about the, uh, the creators of Doom, when yep. they had kind of first put it together. They were talking about, uh, one of the testers was sitting down, like, working late, and testing the game, and they noticed that the janitor, like, a fully grown man, was sitting there and, like, could not keep his eyes yeah. off this game. Like, he was so intrigued by it. And that was when it was, like, a, you know, 2D map and yeah. everything, so... See, see, that's, um... 
I think Doom to boomers is like how Gears of War is to me. Yeah. You know, Gears of War was the doom of my time. Yeah. Because when I was a young kid and I basically I was exposed to this extremely graphic, <laughs> just gory fucking game where you headshot someone, their skull blows off. Yeah. You cut someone in half with a chainsaw, <laughs> you know. That's what Gears of War was for me. But someone 10 years older than me, that was doom for them. Yeah. You know, so... Essentially, you know, Doom Eternal, it's a first-person shooter. You're a Doom Slayer, which is an ancient warrior who battles demonic forces from hell. Mm -hmm. And it's the game is the same as always. It's push-forward combat. Oh, yeah. You're rewarded for being aggressive. You have... Because that's the only way you get health, ammo, and armor mm -hmm. is by killing things, generally. Yep. And it's just, what is the best way to do it? You have guns, you have the super shotgun, the heavy cannon, plasma rifle, the BFG 9000, yeah. the ballista. You get new melee weapons, the crucible blade, which yeah. is an energy sword. You have a chainsaw, you have these retractable arm blades, which give you like these crazy, quick, violent glory kills. Your super shotgun has a meat hook on it. Yeah. Which is just a grappling hook that you can use to either pull yourself to enemies, uh, movement, stuff like that. You have an equipment launcher that lobs grenades and ice bombs. Mm -hmm. You have like a flamethrower. Yeah. And it's where you can get armor from like flame. It's crazy. And you, your new movement mechanics, you have wall climbing, dash moves, horizontal bars to swing from. You have, like, super jumps from what I've seen. Like, mm. when you're fighting the huge demons, you can just, like, jump up into their face. And yeah. Shit. It's pretty gnarly. And that's that's what Doom is. That's, I mean, that's always been Doom. Yeah. You know? I want to go back and I really want to play this one when it comes out because I haven't played one in a long time. Yeah. Since I was young, yeah. I didn't play the 2016 reboot. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't play it. I bought that shit as soon as it came out. Yeah. Because, like, I don't I don't know. I've I've played, you know, it came out, it, it was unveiled in QuakeCon. I've played Quake uh, whenever the new Quake came out on Steam. I never played it's that. It's free. Really? Yes, it's free Quake Arena shooter. Uh, it's basically like a reimagination of the original Quake 4, of Quake 4. Really? Uh, it's Quake or Champions Arena or something like that. And it made me think of this, like, with the way the weapons are mm -hmm. and everything like that. And it, it was super fun for a while. I'm just trash at it, so stop playing yeah. it. <laughs> and my computer doesn't run games very well, especially com anything competitive. So, what else is new in this game? So, you have twice as many demon types. Mm -hmm. So, you have new things like the Marauder and the Doom Hunter, while you still have the Arcanatron and the Archville for pre prior games. Shitload different demons to fight. I remember I watched the trailer last night. While I was looking uh, looking up some more stuff for this, seeing if I could get anything else, and some of the demons look gnarly. They do. Like you're you're sitting there and you have that uh, one just walk out of a portal from hell and he has that like holographic axe, energy yeah. axe, and I'm like, ooh, that looks like a fun ass fight. Yeah. Because when you're fighting like huge ass demons, you know how it's gonna go. But when you fight something your size, it's kind of like. Ooh, Maka. For Doom, that's weird. Yeah. Like, it's so Maka like shit's gonna get real. You're so used to just killing everything huge and these little like zombie demons. Uh with that, they introduced a new system called Destructible Demons. Hmm. So you basically you can progressively destroy the enemies through combat. So if like you're fighting something that has like a crazy big right arm with a blade on it. You can blow that arm off. Nice. So 
it it'll help you and stop you from like certain demons using their like strongest attacks yeah. essentially by just like blowing arms off or blowing <laughs> legs off. So it added that really cool thing where like blowing a leg off doesn't completely kill it, but it stops them from using like certain things. Like their charge attack or whatever. Yeah. And they finally added a new life system where you can get one up items. There's green helmets throughout the uh, mm-hmm. map. So you don't just die and go back to the nearest checkpoint. Yeah. You know, you actually have a one up system, which I, I don't know. Like, don't like, I don't know. I'm sure if you play it on, like, the really hard difficulties, like, the higher difficulty Slayers, uh, you won't get those. Yeah. Just like it was in, old, like, like Halo 1 and 2. You know, you play on yeah, Legendary, yeah. you die, you go back to the beginning of the fucking mission. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's Halo 2 was so hard to finish on Legendary because of that. There was no checkpoints. Yeah. You had to finish the whole mission in one life. Which is pretty cool. They uh they added high difficulty Slayer challenges, different upgrade sources like sentin- Sentinel crystals, and the ability to like control certain demons. Really? So I feel like it's gonna be like that. a weird mind control thing. I don't know how yeah. this fuck that's gonna work. But another thing, the new multiplayer mode. So they have the normal multiplayer modes that yeah. all teams have had. Well, they have a new one called Invasion, where nice. you can opt in and out of it. But if you're opted in. While you're playing through your single player campaign, someone, a different actual player, can join your campaign and play as a demon. Really? To fight you. Nice. So, it, I hope, I hope, I hope to God there's proximity chat. Yeah. Because this would be so fucking fun to troll people. For real. Someone in their first playthrough of Doom doesn't know they have this on, and you can just <laughs> join in as a demon and just rail their shit. If there's proximity chat, that would be so fucking fun. You just join like, in as a demon talking shit. As, as like your first playthrough, you, like you said, you don't know you have this on and all of a sudden you just, you're like, oh, I'm coming for you. And like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> just, but at the same time, I could, I can just imagine how toxic that shit would be. Yeah. But you can opt out of it. It won't be available at launch, but there's, they said like a couple weeks after there's going to be a free patch. Yeah. For everyone that will add that into the game. Nice. But reading about that, I was super, super hyped. I was like, that's actually so fucking cool. Yeah. And it's not just like a random multiplayer. It's like you join into their solo campaign. There's third they think they're playing their solo campaign. <laughs> and you just walk up and just like axe them in the fucking head. That shit would be so stressful though, because you know it could happen at any yeah. moment. Especially like, if you're opted in. Maybe yeah. you'll get like better rewards or something like that for it, like upgrading yeah. and stuff like that. Which would be kinda of, would be really good. Like a reward for for opting into it, essentially. Yeah. Kind of how WoW changed their PvP. So, yeah. like, WoW changed their PvP where you have to be in a main city to turn PvP on. Mm-hmm. But there's no... Because there's no PvP servers anymore. Oh, yeah? There used to be PvP servers and regular servers. You'd basically... Everything is either PvP or not PvP. Yeah. If you opt in, you have like a 10% bonus to experience and gold and uh, gear chance. Nice. From all like your world quests and stuff like that. But you're opted in for PvP. Yeah. And uh, as long as you play on like the server I played on, I never really had to worry about getting ganked. Nice. But if you play on like a 50-50 server, like I played on a horde server that was like 95-5. Yeah. You know, 95% horde server. (laughs) Nice. So I didn't really have a problem like worrying about getting ganked or anything like that. But if it, if they add like a like a bonus in for doing it, other than just like kind of just fucking with people, yeah. it'd be kind of cool. Like maybe if you go into somebody's single player and you kill them, you get like a a, a reward for it, yeah. or cer- a certain sense. Hmm. I don't know. I wonder if um any cosmetic things are going to come out of it. I guarantee you there will be. Was there in previous games? Like 
uh, like the ability to change the way your Doomslayer looks. No, like not during a uh, main game, like in the multiplayer. Yeah, there was okay. like a lot of customization for uh, the way your character looked. And it was like a bunch of different armor sets and stuff yeah. for Demon and for Doomslayer. So. so how is Doom's multiplayer just an arena shooter? Yeah. It's like PvP it arena shooter. PvP okay. Arena. Like Quake is. But uh, something I'm kind of curious about, though, is I was watching a, a, a trailer for it recently and you catch a glimpse of his face. Like, it's kind of like, you know, back of the head shot, seeing him put his helmet on. But I'm curious if they're actually going to show his face. That'd be kind of cool. Because we've not seen, like, Doomslayer's face since the first game, where it was just like a little picture down at the bottom, you know? So I'm curious to see what they do with this. Yeah, they showed him a pretty good bit, like, when he was fighting the axe guy. You could see him a pretty good bit, but you can't really see see his face because he has the helmet on. This also says that the game is going to be coming to Google Stadia's streaming platform. Really? Which is going to be pretty cool. It's going to be pretty neat. Yeah. But there's not really a whole lot more to cover with uh, with anything in the I Doom mean, universe. Doom, kill the Get the big guns, kill the big shit. Like, that's what Doom's all about. Literally, it's just about just murdering everything as gory <laughs> as possible, honestly. It's... The game... The game is really fun. I just like it's, it's coming to all platforms. So literally yeah. everything: PC, PS4, Stadia, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Yep. Everything but the Wii U. If yeah. that's if people still use those, but I don't know. With Doom, Doom's just weird. It's it's a game that it's hard for me to like spend like sixty dollars on it. Really? Yeah, because it's a single player games. If they're not RPGs, are hard for me. Yeah, you know. I mean, I can get, I can get that. Something like Fallout or Outer Worlds, which we're going to talk about next, or uh, Skyrim, full RPGs that have multiple playthroughs. Yeah, but there's only so much time I could spend murdering demons, <laughs> you know, in the most creative way possible. That I feel like, I feel like games like this aren't worth a sixty dollar price tag. Mm-hmm. If if for some reason a Steam Summer Sale hit and it was like 40 I'd probably buy it. Yeah. You know? See, Doom was the game for me that brought me into FPS. Really? Yeah. Like, and it's the original Doom, like the 2D, you know, because yeah. like that was, at, at that time, I had a computer that wouldn't run no, like Windows 95. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't run anything and Doom was one of the games that I played the shit out of as a kid. So when I, they, they revamped it and I immediately bought it. I have know? no nostalgia for the game. Really? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's kind of weird for me. It, I have no nostalgia for it. It's, it's weird for me. I mean, I'd probably buy it if it went on sale. But for like brand new $60, because, you know, I'm not rich. I can't just drop $60 <laughs> on every fucking game. Yeah. You know, brand new $60, I'd probably say no. But like a Steam sale for 40 I might do it. Yeah. Or shit, put it on the fucking Xbox Game Pass. Do yeah. that, do that shit. I'll pay I mean, for that shit all day long. Doom, the like normal Doom right now is on on game on the pass. I might download so. that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's Doom Eternal. Uh, it's dropping March twentieth, twenty twenty. So two months from now, a little less than two months from now. It doesn't have an exact release date for the Switch though. It just says twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, different. Developers are having like a harder time porting to the Switch. Yeah. Uh, just to make it available for them. So we'll see. probably optimization issues for the most yeah. part. Yeah, because it's it's going on a small handheld platform. So yeah. next, 
we are going to talk about Outer Worlds. Outer the worlds. Outer Worlds. So if anyone doesn't know, The Outer Worlds is a first-person shooter or action RPG, which is set in an alternate future that diverged in 1901. So President McKinley was never assassinated. Therefore, Teddy Roosevelt never succeeded him, allowing these big, large businesses to dominate society, creating mega corporations that then began to colonize and terraform alien planets. Yes. Which I have played through this game entirely, and I had no clue that was the reason that these corporations <laughs> existed. Me neither. So you were awakened, was it 80, 90 years? Uh, it's like 70. 70 years after... The ship you were on had basically gotten lost in light speed transit, mm-hmm. and you were basically just floating. You're awakened on the outskirts of the the uh, galaxy. Yeah, is it out, out, the outskirts of Halcyon? Right. Yeah, it's the outskirts of Halcyon. So Halcyon is the whole galaxy, basically. The mad scientist Phineas Wills wakes you up from a cryo sleep, and you realize everyone else on your ship is in still in cryo sleep. From what Phineas Wells tells you when you start the game is that ship is filled with, I don't know how many people thousands, but the, the brightest and smartest minds that the system has ever seen. Mm -hmm. And that the only way to pretty much free society from the grasp of these mega corporations is for you as the player to take down these corporations and get him the things he needs to awaken these people from cryosleep. Because if you awaken them normally, their bones turn to noodles. But it's not that simple. Yeah, but that's what he wants <laughs> you to do. He wants you to go get all these chemicals, do all this stuff uh, to get him the ability to wake everyone up. And as you play through this game, it's very Fallout-esque if no one's played it. Mm-hmm. I have to sneeze. Bless you. I guess I don't. <laughs> but... It's very Fallout-esque. You, the way you make your decisions. So the story for it, we'll start with the story. So when you first, you first land, he throws you off the ship. You're supposed to meet this guy, Captain Hawthorne. And as your shuttle goes down, you murder Captain Hawthorne with your shuttle because he's an idiot. <laughs> you basically, you, you go through your little tutorial. It shows you how to shoot, stuff like that. You meet this guy from um, Spacer's Choice. Yeah, Spacer's Choice is like one of the main... Um, the big corporation. The big corp, more than yeah. ma- like big corporation. There, there's a few. And a bunch of guns. They sell yeah. a lot of the weaponry. Um, yeah. Spacer's choice is mainly weapons and armor. Yeah. So you, it's your first interaction with a human being after you had fought. Have you? You hadn't even fought anything yet. No, because you don't uh, fight anything till you get the gun. Yeah. No. So it's it's basically like crouch, run. Okay, cool. Then you get into the cave and you meet the spacer's yeah, you have choice. Because you, uh, you can hide in tall grass from arm. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, there's a big sneaky aspect to the game if you want to play it like that. But you finally get to meet him and it's your first time you get to experience like the decision making of your conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time I've sat down and played a story game where I really focus on the conversation. Yeah. Because I wasn't a Fallout guy. I didn't play New Vegas and three like everyone else has. Yeah. Like New Vegas is one of the best games ever made from yes, a lot of is. people. I need to go back and play it, obviously. <laughs> but I just whenever New Vegas was hot, I didn't have a console. I didn't have I didn't have anything to play games yeah. with. So 
it's the first time you meet this kid and you're basically just like, give me your gun. And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? Pretty much. And then you have the option to be like, Hey, stay here. Or you can just blow his head off, you know? So, okay. What did you do? Uh, the first time I played through, I was, I was like super nice guy. Okay. Yeah. Super nice guy through the whole entire game. Pretty much. All right. Uh, my second playthrough, I didn't murder him, but I was a dickhead to him. <laughs> So my second, I, it's so hard for me to be a dickhead in video games. Most times I did the exact same thing. Really? As soon as you come to him, cause he's injured, you know, I come, you come to him. I use my medical to heal him. He gives me the gun and then I fucking kill him. <laughs> Take everything. Cause if you like, you can scavenge quite a few things and you get yes. some armor and shit from yeah. him. So like having a little bit of armor and like, we'll talk about the, the like, armor. And guess how many, later. like, you know, you've played KOTOR a lot. Yes. KOTOR, KOTOR is like the heart of these games for me. Yes. I feel like it's like the best that's ever been done mm-hmm. is KOTOR. I've never fully played the, through KOTOR as a Sith. Really? Never in my life. God. I've played neutral. I've played good, but I've never played through as a Sith. Like I've, I've played through the whole game, not using a lightsaber, only using blasters. Really? Yes. I've never done that one. But I cannot play through as a Sith. I feel like a dickhead. <laughs> I just get Sith enough. I'll get Sith enough where I can get the dope powers. Yeah. So I'll play like neutral because I can get like the dope, like parts of the chain lightning and yes. all that stuff. Uh, but I couldn't play through as a complete Sith. I don't know. I've I feel never, like such I've a dickhead doing it. As neutral, but like Max Sith and Max Jedi, I've yeah. played through that way. I'm the same thing with this game. Like I made some questionable decisions, uh, <laughs> but basically, so generally you're 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 doing this for Phineas, and every single time you land on a planet, there's two major factions. You have the corporation and the resistance. Yeah. It's the same way on every single one. And you basically, you do all, you make sure you do every single side quest because that's what these games are about. Yes. You do your side quests and then you have your main quests. And as you go through, like for instance, your what's the first, I don't even remember the name of the first place you land, the planet uh. or the city. I don't remember it either. Uh, Edgewater. Edgewater. No, Edgewater is the town. Edgewater you, yeah. is your town. The first town you land in, and you meet your first companion. So you have a you have six slots for companions. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one you meet is this girl named Pravardi, and every companion kind of has like their thing. Yeah. So her, for example, she's really good at like up close combat. So you just deck her out in heavy armor and weapons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you basically, you go through Edgewater and you have to basically decide, do I side with the resistance or do I side with the corporations? Yeah. Uh, and that it's that way throughout all of the places you go to. Every planet you go to, you meet different companions. I use the two black girls, Pravardi and the girl from the uh, crazy, like... The drunk chick? Yeah, the drunk chick. Yeah. Throughout yeah. the whole entire game, because she uses, like, mini guns and yeah, shit. She uses, like, huge, heavy machine guns. And then I had Pravardi just, like, melee. Yeah. I gave her... Um, what sucks is the scientist stuff doesn't work with them. Oh yeah, it doesn't. If no. like I gave her the gravity hammer basically, and it doesn't fucking work. Yeah, it's just a regular hammer, so I was really disappointed. But but like it's it's, it's generally for the story, it gets to the point where it's like you come to an edge where you really have to decide between Phineas and the corporations. Yeah, and that's where you make your decision, and you have a different ending depending on what everything happened. For yeah. instance, uh spoilers for anyone i guess including me um at the very end of the game uh you when you played through edgewater did you choose the resistance or edgewater 
I went for uh, resistance. Okay, so you say the resistance. Yeah. Well, when you get to the very end, and it comes to like a head where you either have to break Phineas out of the maximum security prison planet. Okay. Um, or you meet with the head of security from the corporations, and she basically says, "It'll be the same if you choose the resistance." She basically says, "Okay, well, um, if you want to help us instead of Phineas, you have to go murder everyone in Edgewater." Really? Yeah. You have to go completely destroy because you made the decision to put the resistance in Edgewater. You have to eliminate what you did. You have to fix what you did, basically. And so I was like, fuck that. Like, I got (laughs) Perfardi, my main girl by my side from Edgewater. That's all her people. I was like, nah, (laughs) I can't can't do that. that." (laughs) So I was like, and as soon as you tell her no, you have to murder everyone inside. You have to kill her, all her guards. Either way it goes, you're murdering everybody. So you end up, I pretty much, I played through the whole thing not siding with any corporations. Yeah. Except for there's one where you can get the people to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one planet where you can basically get the resistance and them to work together. You basically hash it out and they both work together. But uh, everyone else, I've worked with resistance throughout yeah. the whole thing. See, like it's it's hard though because when you're talking to both sides, they both have really good points. Yeah. And like that's the big thing about this game is everybody, it's not just like, okay, well, the corporations are bad guys. Yeah. It's you, like it's left up to you to decide and figure yeah. out which one is actually the bad guy. You yeah. Know? My, my second playthrough so far, I'm going to side with all the corporations because I mm-hmm. want to see the second ending of what happens if you don't side with Phineas. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. But it's 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 such a good game, dude. Uh, yeah. So companions, um, companions is huge in this game. Yes. There's actually a, there's a style of playing through this game where you don't have to fire a single bullet. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get Pavardi, your first champion, if you you can so. We'll talk about skills at the same time, basically. So you have skills. You have basically skill groups. So you have yeah. medical. You have science. You have tech. You have leadership. You have. Melee combat, armor. Uh, um, yeah, there's melee. There's, melee, uh, ranged, armor, ranged. all that stuff. Right. So if you want to play through the game without firing a single shot, aside from the tutorial, mm-hmm. you have to do that. You basically, you as soon as you get a companion, you do not touch a single stat but leadership. Yeah. You dump everything into companionship and leadership, which is like that the two in that category. And... It it boosts their damage and their health, so you never have to fight for yourself. Yeah, like with with that playstyle, it's all leadership and uh, dialogue. Yeah, is what you throw everything into. Because either if you can't talk your way out of it, you get your companions to do everything for you. Yeah, because essentially, like the sneaky aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. So, partially through the game, you get this cloak that makes you invisible. Well. The invisibility only works if you have an ID card, so essentially it makes you look like someone else. Yeah. And as you walk around, your stealthiness goes away. You're uh you're basically you have like this little bar at the bottom, and then a guard's like, Hey, who goes there? Skyrim type shit. Yeah. And you can talk your way out of it. You can be like, Oh, I was just chilling, and then it just your your little bar goes back down. You can do it three times. Mm-hmm. So for me in the game, I went um full Long guns, because I wanted to play through the very be- the first part of the game the easiest way possible. Yeah, just so I can enjoy the story. Didn't have to focus too much on combat, because long guns are the strongest in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, definitely. There's, there's uh, certain assault rifle. Like if you get an in-ray assault rifle, you can just murder everything. Yeah, uh, especially when you get to the high end and you tinker with it. So basically, okay, we'll talk about tinkering. 
Mm, yes. So in your skills, if you go through tech, um, the technology portion, you can essentially, you can tinker with your weapons. So you essentially just spend money and make your guns a million times better. Yeah. So like your, your guns have stats like, yeah, you have your main DPS and then you have like the damage stat accuracy and all that kind of stuff. Tinkering. Yeah. Which that all. So basically your damage, your accuracy, how many rounds you have, all that pretty much together accumulates into your DPS. Yeah. Just how much damage you can put out per second and tinkering just boost the shit up. Yeah. And as the more points you put into that tech, um, I can't remember exactly which skill it is in that group. It, at 50, it makes your tinkering 50% less. Yeah. At 80 or 90, it makes it 90% less. So if you just dump so much stats, a bunch of stats into that, because literally the, the, the way to do this is when you get to the point where you can put enough stats into it to make it 90, mm-hmm. you reset your skills, dump yeah. all of it into tinkering, just use all your money on boosting your weapons and then go respec. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally all you have to do. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's all you have to God. do. It makes it so much easier. So you don't have to walk around with like a low hack skill or a low locking skill. I'm about to go home tonight and do that. Yeah. <laughs> like. So basically for me playing through, I play through with long guns. So I would use, I would carry a shotgun, mm-hmm. a assault rifle, one of the sniper rifles, and a handgun as my fourth. So you have yeah. four equipment slots. And that's basically all I did. My second playthrough, I'm using only handguns. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there's a bunch of different handguns. There's a bolter, which is a three-round burst energy weapon. Then you have heavy and light. Yeah. So you have you have light weapons, you have heavy weapons, you have um, energy weapons, and then you have another one, isn't there? Or is it just those three? Melee weapons. Light, you, well, yeah, light, heavy, energy, and melee. So light is your normal... Like light weapons, you have higher ammo capacity, lower damage. Heavy weapons, lower ammo capacity, heavier damage. But there's certain people you fight that have heavy armor and only heavy rounds can get through it. Yeah. So you'll sit there and unload with like a light machine gun, like a light light weapon assault rifle and it won't do shit to them. Yeah, so you basically have to like balance that out. That's why like my shotgun was light, mm-hmm. my AR was heavy, and then my sniper was an energy. Essentially, like, I did. I did the same thing I did last playthrough. Like I didn't. I didn't finish the game. I completely forgot where I was at, so I started the whole thing. <laughs> over again. But uh, I use a pistol and an assault rifle. Uh, the pistol yeah. is my main, and the assault rifle is my secondary, just in case. And uh, one like, thing, weapons. I, sorry, we, weapons and shit also have uh, uh, like mod slots. Yes, you know, with each different weapons different. So like one pistol, you could have just a magazine slot. Yeah, and then other ones you can have a barrel slot, and then add a sight and stuff like yeah, that. The, so you have a bunch of different like so much you customization. Know. You can yeah. you can have a revolver with a six times scope on it. Yeah, you know, you can just put like a regular gyro sight on it. Uh, magazines. You essentially you can take any gun and change it from a heavy to an energy. Yeah, uh, by like adding you can add, you can add the in ray to anything. Yeah, basically. you have in ray, which is. Uh, N-Ray essentially just makes them take more damage. Yeah. But it looks so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, you shoot someone with an N-Ray bullet, you have this crazy purple shit going everywhere. Um, You have corrosive, you have the plasma, Mm -hmm. and each one is good against certain things. So, like, armor is weak against shock, or robots are weak against the shock one. Mm -hmm. Corrosion works really good on shock and um, other things. The plasma, which essentially just burns flesh, is usually really good against flesh. N-Ray just murders everything. (laughs) So, it's really hard to get N-Ray, though. Like yeah, the in-ray mods themselves are super expensive and getting an in-ray damage just weapon is super expensive. And just finding it out in the, yeah. it's terrible. Super, super like, expensive. Because the, the pistol I use is one of the heavies. 
Yeah. And uh, to combat having like no ammo. Yeah. Like for my clip or like a low clip size, I always put a. Uh, it's not the like big scope. It's just like the little red dot. Basically, it's the uh, it's called the gyro sight. Yeah, the gyro sight, and then it essentially mag. just gives you better accuracy. Yeah, and then a, a mag extension, which gives you I think like fifteen rounds in there. Yeah, uh, well, know? the heavy pistol normally has um, eight, and I think it gives you like twelve, something like that. No, the yeah. heavy has twelve, and it gives you like eighteen for the light light pistol. Yeah. Um, so, but it gives you quite a lot more. But for and the it combat, really does make a difference. The combat in general, um, I didn't have much experience with melee combat. Haven't really fucked with it at all. Um, I did once or twice. Some of the melee weapons are really fucking dope. Yeah, they are. You have like energy scythes, yeah. which was like my go-to if I used one. Uh, a lot of the weapons are really cool. They have light machine guns. They have grenade launchers. Mm-hmm. They have like a shock cannon, yeah. which is nuts. Um, and like the, all of the it. way, the way it, the game is too, is like, again, you have these corporations and each corporation is putting out their own like yeah, product. So, so, so you're, you're, you'll get to the point where you're, you look at a weapon and you're like, I know exactly that. That's yeah. a Spacer's Choice pistol. Yeah, Spacer's you know? Choice is the yellow and gray. All of Spacer's Choice stuff use light magazines, yeah. light ammo. And then you have like the other one, which is like. You look at, you look at Spacer's Choice. Yeah. TNL. You look at Spacer's Choice and you're like, yeah, this is alien. Like industrial, yeah. Style, it's it's like you know? this isn't this isn't like an Earth thing. Then you look yeah. at TNL. TNL is like Earth. Your yeah. revolvers, old school, like American looking uh, yeah. ARs and shotguns. The long gun is the one I use. Yeah, with that long, I like yeah. that thing. It's super super dope. Uh, what else with weapons? Uh, we'll talk about armor. Armor. You have light, medium, heavy. Your heavy armors have the highest armor, but they have no skill bonuses. Yeah. So basically, if if you're going through the game and you're focusing on dialogues, just uh, you talking your way through conversations and talking your way through stuff, and you want to be able to be persuasive or intimidating, all that stuff, you want light armors. Mm-hmm. Light armors have the best of the best for that. Oh, yeah. And then medium is usually in the middle. So for medium, I always used, in my new playthrough, uh, there's a medium armor you can get that gives you plus five handgun skill. Yeah. Uh, I've been using it a lot, and then like for instance, Pavardi, my companion, I gave her just full heavy. That's I would just, exactly what I do. Whatever I find, or if I go to a new shop, I just dump all of my shit, all the he- whatever the heaviest, highest number I can find <laughs> for heavy, which gets up pretty fucking high yeah. eventually. You just dump it onto her. It's super cool. You haven't finished the game, no. but uh, are you gonna play through using like siding with Phineas? The scientists? Uh, the first time, yes. Okay. The ending of this game is so fucking dope, dude. Yeah. They did so good with it, yeah. Um, but in, we'll talk about the combat first. <laughs> well, we already talked about the story. We'll finish it later. But combat, the gunplay of the game is for an RPG, it is really well. It is. It's I, so I really good. I like how it feels. It, the gunplay feels really, really good for a game of this kind This mm-hmm. kind of game that isn't essentially focused on gunplay. Yeah. You don't you don't die too fast. You don't die too slow. You have uh, TTD, mm-hmm. which is tactical time dilation. So you can essentially hit shift or whatever button it is, whatever you keep on it to, and it slows down time. And if you have enough points into handguns, long guns, or whatever, you get 
did you see different things. So you're able to yeah. like move your mouse towards the head and straight headshots. Yeah. Uh, same thing with arms, like stuff like that. It slows down mm-hmm. time. It, and it that's also, essentially what you, when you're fighting bosses, you, you utilize the oh, shit yeah, out of that. Oh yeah, use the shit out of time though. Because you still move normally. Mm-hmm. And um, especially if you're going to play through melee, that is going to be your best friend. Oh yeah. For especially cuz you don't want to just charge at someone that has a gun <laughs> shooting at you, you know. You use your the TTD, you get in close, stuff like that. Cuz also where you hit when you're using time dilation, yeah. like if you shoot them in the face, they'll go blind for like a certain for instance, of time, you know? Um the light handguns, the Spacer's Choice handguns, they have stagger, which yeah. essentially makes them blind and they uh, can't shoot for a second. But if you use the T T and L handgun, that's a heavy ammo handgun, it knocks them down yeah. or knocks them back. So each gun has a different like stagger effect or TTD effect, which you really got to like weigh your options when you're doing that. Yeah. What else? That think that's everything for combat. I was just super surprised how good the gunplay yeah, is. Like for it the most didn't part, feel like shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, if you decide to go with long guns, then it's it feels pretty nice. Yeah, you know, if you go with assault rifles and kind of stick to a medium range, it's still like a good fast paced play. Also, your bullets go as far as you can see. Yes. That is a big thing. There's no like fake invisible wall of how far you can shoot. If you're on top of a building and you have one of the sniper rifles, you can hit that dude that's out there. There is damage drop off, but you can hit that fucking dude. Yeah, you will hit him. (laughs) That made me so happy Mm because there's so many games I've played where I try to snipe someone from forever away or I can even see them with an AR because they're in my render distance, but I can't hit them. That's bullshit. Yeah. I should be if they're in my render distance I should be able to hit them and I'm glad this game did that well and see that's that's why I chose to use pistols is because like the pistols feel like in in some games it feels like they're strictly for close combat you know pistols yeah. in the outer worlds feels like they're an actual like a medium to close yeah. range you know if you're using the heavy pistol yeah if you're using the, heavy the pistol. light pistol it's kind of iffy but the heavy pistol like the revolver type pistol it can it do, it deals a lot of damage yeah it, it packs does. a big punch but it's even for someone that's not essentially like a master of FPSs like we are, the game feels really good. Yeah. Just all around optimization. I'm playing it on a shitty system. Yeah. And it still runs yeah, uh, pretty, pretty well Xbox, optimized. So. so it's really cool. What else can we touch in with the gameplay? There's flaws that you get throughout the game. Yeah. Depending on your, it all depends on decision making as uh, well. Decision making and like, Action thing, yeah. Things oh, you physically do. For example, uh, I got a flaw from falling off something that's super high. Yeah. So if you fall like over like fifty feet and survive it, like you get like max distance and you still survive it, you get a flaw mm-hmm. where you take, and essentially the a, a way a flaw works is you lose something but gain something. Yeah. And so also you, you don't have to take the flaw if you yeah. don't want to. Like it, little message pops up. Hey, look, here's a flaw. This is the specs on it. Yes or no kind of deal. Yeah. So you know? mine, for example, uh, I took more fall damage. It was like a plus 10% to fall damage taken, but like bonus to health or something like that. Yeah. Um, See, the one I got, I got one. It was, uh, I can't remember the creature, but they spit acid at you. Yeah. I got hit by one of those so many times that I got uh, a weakness to acid, but uh, resistance to burn. Yeah. You know, or something like that. But it was, yeah. So it's flaws are interesting. Yeah. As well, uh, skills. There's also, you have a talent ish, a kind of a talent tree. 
So um, every level, every it, it runs off the D and D cycle. Honestly, yeah. every four levels or every four to five levels, you get to choose a talent. So it'll be extra carrying capacity, which I always went for. Oh yeah, because I pick up everything. Yes. <laughs> extra carrying capacity, um, bonus damage, like bonus to your TTD. Yeah. So after you use your TTD, you have to wait for it to refill. But uh, you can get a talent that makes it refill faster as you kill stuff makes it last longer there's a higher companion health movement um, speed all kinds of stuff like that all kinds of stuff it's really really cool and your companions as well have the same thing Mm -hmm. so they have a talent tree so like Privardi, for example like i explained she's uses heavy armor uses melee weapons you can give her and bonus to health and and bonus to armor she's an engineer yeah, like she's an her, her trade in the game is she's a mechanic. Yeah, so essentially that's another big thing to bring up. Uh, what companions you use boost your skills. So having Privardi, whenever I need to, I get a boost to lockpicking mm-hmm. and to hacking and a bunch of stuff like that. Just by having her in my party, you can have two companions, and that's really cool. And then you get the girl, the uh, the, the the beast hunter girl. Yeah. The drunk beast hunter girl, <laughs> she gets you bonuses to combat and stuff like mm-hmm. that because of the skills she has. So, just the whole intricacy of the game is so good. Speaking I can probably of, play through the game ten times and get a different ending every oh, time. Yeah, guaranteed. It's so good. But uh, speaking of companions, Crook, do you ever use Sam? No, the cleaning robot. No, I haven't. Some of his dialogue is hilarious. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, essentially. You, you get Captain Hawthorne's ship, the guy that you murdered with your pod at the very beginning of the game. You basically take his ship. There's an onboard AI that you become. And the funny thing is, Ada. every single time you meet someone, they're like, hi, what's your name? You can say you're Captain Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. Or you can say you're your name, which I never said I was Captain Hawthorne. But there's one guy you meet uh, when on Groundbreaker. Yeah. Why your ship gets held there is because he knew Captain Hawthorne. Yeah. So I want to do it this time and say I'm Captain Hawthorne to him. So he's like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure about that? No, man. When when I met him, I was like, nope, yep, he's dead. And he got all <laughs> sentimental and shit about it. But I kept like going on with it and making up stories and yeah. shit. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's it, but, the, the amount of possibilities. Because like, for instance, you could go to through the whole game siding with the corporations. Then through the whole game, siding with the resistance, and then every, and then the next playthrough, every single time you can side with the resistance in the first one, corporations mm-hmm. on the next planet, then the next planet side with the resistance, and I go back and forth, and there's potentially a ton of different endings. Yeah, and it's like even so, like I said before, I had uh, played through, forgot where I was at, so I quit and started a new game. Like my previous game, when I played through on Groundbreaker, I ended up killing somebody. So I just killed everyone. Yeah. And then I didn't get a companion this time. He showed up because like I actually went through and was not hostile. So it's like doing simple things like just like a simple action in the game can make a big result. And it's, it's pretty crazy. You can also play through the game with no companions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every single time a companion comes up, you have the option to tell them to fuck off. Yeah. You can just tell them straight to fuck Uh, off. I think with this next one, I'm going to play through with the priest. Yeah. Um, Because I never used him before. Neither have I. I only use Pavardi, and um, after Pavardi, once I got to that that girl off of uh, Groundbreaker, was it off Groundbreaker? The other the other girl, she's like a um, I don't know. The only ones I've seen are Pavardi, the Beast Hunter chick, Sam, which is the cleaning robot, and then the priest. And there's now another this, this other guy. Her name's uh, Elaine, I think. 
uh, white girl. But basically, I played through her and Brevardi for much the whole time, so I never did the priest storyline. Yeah. Because uh, he has a story, he has his own storyline where you can go to the multiple planets, and I kind of want to play through it and finish it out. So I might mm-hmm. use him this time, and I might get that dude from Groundbreaker that I never used before. Yeah. Or I might use Sam. Sam. Sam Sam could be my tank. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he he you can't give him shit, but <laughs> he he can be my tank. So fuck, what else can we cover? I think that's everything. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's a massive game with massive decisions. It, it's uh, a it's instead of a post-apocalyptic like Fallout is, you're in an alien world. It the gameplay It's kind of like a frontier. How did the gameplay feel compared to Fallout? Compared to Fallout, when uh, it came, when it came to combat and movement and stuff like that, I mean, it like you can feel similarities. Like if you've never played this style game and you jumped into it and then played Fallout, yeah, you would like you would say, oh well, Fallout kind of matched Outer Worlds kind of deal, you know? Yeah. So they feel very similar. Okay, but like they're different enough to feel like it's I mean game. the games directors were Tim Kane and Leonard Boyarsky <laughs> yeah. which created the Fallout series but that that's just what I was confused I was curious about um, it's it's still different enough to to feel like its own game yeah and like I don't I don't know it's 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 its own thing and it's got like the Fallout touch to it that makes yeah. it so nice yeah I'm just, it's just like better optimized, so. Yeah. And some of the areas just look amazing. Yes. I can't wait to get my new PC and play this on like ultra settings. Yeah. Dude, I'm so, I'm so hyped. I will definitely play through it again once I get a new PC, dude. Oh my God. I'm so ready. The game looks so good and there's so many planets that just look amazing. So playing through it at like 30 frames on low. Yeah. Isn't very fun. (laughs) Just saying. But yeah, I think that's everything for Outer Worlds. Oh, yeah, we forgot to rate Doom. Oh, yeah. Out of 10. What would you rate Doom out of 10? Uh, Doom Eternal. Right now, I don't know. It's probably like a... I think it's like an 8 or a 9 because I'm, I'm really wanting it to be good. Yeah. Doom, I'd give like an 8. Yeah. I'm not like hella, hella excited about it, but I'll definitely play it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I forgot. I forgot we were supposed to rate stuff. <laughs> you know, we're scuffed. Fuck it. Uh, Outer Worlds, rating out of 10. You've played it pretty extensively. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd give it a solid like 9.5. Um, this game, for me, honestly, for me, it's like a 10 out of 10. Yeah. There isn't anything wrong with the game. There's nothing I could fix. Playing through the game for like four weeks... There was literally nothing that I experienced that I was like, this would make this better. You know? For me, it's travel. Like, how you travel between uh, one planet to another. It's oh, like yeah. You pick it on the map, and then boom, okay, you're there now. Yeah. Like, I would have liked to actually be able to fly the ship, and that's why it's a 9.5. Yeah, the flying, flying the ship would be cool, or at least like a cinematic for it. Yeah, like, but then that again, was, that's my only issue with the But then again, game. they're try, they're basically like, they're minimizing, you know, like, oh, your time it. away from gameplay. Yeah, like, I so. understand it 100%, but... Like, I'm the kind of dude who, like, I play space sims for that reason, to yeah. just fly a spaceship sometimes, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know, but, I mean, it's still a beautiful game, and that's it's my only so problem good. with it. It's so good. 
It's it's my game of the year last year, hundred percent. Yeah. So far this year, it's my game of the year as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, until until something changes, that it's my game of the year, hundred percent. I'd give it. I'd give it a ten out of ten. Because I'm generous, so you'll you'll hear me probably give more games ten out of tens. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna just be like, ah, eh, fuck it, it's a fucking three, even though I mean it's like a nine. You know, <laughs> so such a good fucking game. Okay, that's everything for Outer Worlds. Let's get to our last subject. Yes, I need to th- I need to find some cool transitions because yeah. there's not really like a way for us to transition between subjects. Not really. I need to find like a really dope transition. Okay. So, Mojo Vision. Mojo Vision is what we are talking about today. It is. Mojo Vision essentially is a smart contact lens that delivers AR, augmented reality, directly to your eyeball. I don't know how, like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So, I'm just curious about. Like, I don't care what it's going to do or how it's going to look. I'm just curious about the technology itself. Like, yeah. how are they making this? I I need to look more into augmented reality to see how the technology works. Like, Have, have you ever worn contacts? No. Like, I've worn some, uh, uh, what are they called? Like, not contacts for Non-prescription seeing. contacts? Yeah, non-prescription contacts. Just some for, like, it was, there were... What? Some black eyeballs? No, they were uh, the shotting gun from Naruto contacts i had those and like they're not thick but you feel them yeah this has technology inside it that's what a lot of people are so that's what a lot of people are curious about is how they're going to fit that technology inside it because it's essentially a fourteen thousand pixel per inch display yeah um so what can these lenses do is the question so so far the prototype it can provide real-time contrast and lighting adjustments, as well as zoom, like on a smartphone, which will help people with low vision. So even though they're smart contacts, they will still correct your eyesight. Yeah. And since it uses AR, it does not require a specific prescription. Yeah. It can essentially realize what is needed for your eyes, and you can change it yourself. Which is pretty interesting. Which is kind of like- cool. That's that's something else is like I've not heard anything on how the contacts are going to be controlled. Like invisible computing. Like, well, I'm saying like if I want to change a setting on the contact, am I just going to be like, hey, contact, be brighter? I feel like it's just strictly through thought. I don't know how it's exactly going to work. Maybe you have an app on your phone. (laughs) I feel like there's going to be an app for it, you know? What, what their main thing they've been um, pushing is it as an asset for emergency responders. Oh, yeah. I didn't even so, think of that. Uh, for instance, normally with AR so far, you've had glasses, Google mm-hmm. glasses, stuff like that. So it's kind of like a vision blocking thing. Yeah. Well, you give these uh, contact lenses to firefighters, mm-hmm. put them in their eyes. And as you can see in the screenshot right here, you can essentially look at a door like you can you're walking into a house on fire you can look at a door and it'll tell you the temperature yeah you can, it'll tell you the temperature of the house whether that doorknob's going to burn your hand off 
I mean, essentially, you're not supposed to touch them anyway, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can tell what you're going into, and you don't have to, like, take out your phone to change things or to do this stuff. Yeah. Because well, firefighters are not going to have a chance to do that anyway. For real. You know, they yeah, either yeah. have hoses in their hands, axes, equipment, jaws then, of life. I mean, and if, if it has uh, connectivity to, like, Wi-Fi and shit, you could essentially pull up, like, a blueprint of this house. Essentially, see, yeah. Like how many rooms there are, like yeah. if I need to know about, any, especially like, if it's like a major building that's yeah. uh, with public knowledge, like stuff like that, you could definitely do that. It's oh, the thing's so cool, man. And for instance, you can use it's AR technology. So if say you're baking a cake, mm-hmm. you can literally pull the instructions up on a side panel of your eyeballs. Yeah. So you don't, you can go ahead and throw the box away, man. Go ahead and put the box in the trash. You don't need to read the instructions anymore. You can just pull it up with your eyeballs. So you're you're just like looking and it's like a little side panel you can see. Also, I'm curious if it's going to be a, like a one contact thing or if it's going to be two contacts. Because, um, you know, probably have to be two. Like, well, I don't know, though, because, you know, there's an eye dominance. Right. So yeah. like with shooting ARs, right. With a red dot sight, I can shoulder it and look through it, both eyes open and see that red dot in both eyes because of, uh, uh, like it's called the chameleon effect. Yeah. You know, so I'm seeing that dot in both eyes, but my left eye, cause I'm left eye dominant. My left eye is the one who that's registering yes. it, you know? So I'm curious if that's going to be like, I can just throw this thing into my eye. And like it'll, my brain will kind of do the chameleon effect and shift, or if I'll have to have to. This for, um, essentially for military installment would be amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, so essentially, say that every new marine, for example, gets one of these when they deploy. Mm-hmm. They are given these contacts when they're deployed overseas. And their trusty M4 carbine has a special red dot side attached to it that was developed to specifically work with this. That would be some interesting shit. You know, like you, you pull your gun up and you're not looking through your sight. Your eye is the sight. Yeah. So you're literally on- only <laughs> shouldering your gun to handle recoil. On top of that. You could have like heads up display, fucking game shit going on where you have round count and everything. Yeah, like God. imagine your your full. I mean, you said it has zoom. Yeah, so, like, your full M4 platform is going to be retrofitted with technology for this exact thing. You wouldn't even need your gun retrofitted for that because, yeah. like, every shot it that's. Like you visually see that, yeah. So the uh, like you could have a program with the contact to set it up and be like, okay, that was one shot. Okay, yeah. that was two shots. Yeah. And then on top of that, even like if you're right or left handed, it doesn't matter. You can still see them shells coming out. Yeah. So that's that technology could read each shell that way. It knows precisely what the count is. Imagine like, also the one of the biggest problems in the Middle East is IEDs. Yeah. And bomb disposal. Imagine. These could help you determine exactly how to Being dispose able to of a bomb. Read hot spots to find them, even. Yeah, imagine 
Imagine technology like this. You you're looking at a bomb and it's like, do I cut the red wire or the blue wire? <laughs> and your eyes just like, eh, cut the red one. You're good. And, you know. I mean, and on top of that, too, each person that has this thing, I'm sure they have like, like an IP address, basically. Yeah. You know, so you could have all this shit set up to where you see. I can see where my teammates and colleagues and shit are. Yeah. That way, we don't cross fire and shit like that. Yeah, especially imagine. You know, for for military applications, you know, you have snipers that hide. Mm-hmm. You know, you have people in ghillie suits. It, it'd be kind of cool to see that if every soldier, like I said, essentially purple platoon would mm-hmm. be the best way to do it. You know, 15, 20 people. Yeah. Um, they're all synced together through these contact lenses. And if they have one of their guys, well, two of their guys, because a spotter, hidden away somewhere, they say they forget where they are. You know, they don't know their exact location. Technically, no one's supposed to. They can have like a little blip, you know, out in the distance. That yeah. is them. So even if they're a mile away, they can t- technically t- still see them a little bit. Yeah. Like they would be able to see them. And then on top of that, like it's always not the best decision to talk during a mission. Yeah. Like some shit can happen and you don't need to say anything. But yeah. there is information you have to get out there. Yeah. So you're forced to talk. Now you can just fucking send a message through that little blit, like through that little fucking thing and like send it to the people that need to see it. And like, for instance, the sniper, I'm being pinned down because some shit's going down. I can send that sniper a message real quick. He can adjust position and take care of business. Yeah. Like without us ever having to say anything. Another cool thing would be for like security, just strictly security um, for for just buildings, like high security buildings, yeah. government buildings, things like that. I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of facial recognition. Yeah. Personally, uh, eh, like it's it's the whole talk about security versus privacy. Yeah. Uh, which do you prefer? But imagine high, like protecting a high profile target, you know, and you can you can have this lens that can kind of like read move like read people. Yeah. essentially because when someone is essentially going to do something they don't want to do they act differently yeah they, you know there, there are signs uh, physical signs the ability to truly read behavior outside of what yeah. you normally see because there's a lot of times you can notice something but you don't notice it your eyes notice it but you don't notice it yeah and they'll kind of give you like a little error be like hey there's the thing going down yeah suspicious activity but like so. the, the facial recognition thing a lot of our information like we don't think about it but a lot of our information is public information anyway so as long as the uh i guess program or whatever you want to call it for the facial recognition is only allowed to certain lenses you know for security purpose military purpose yeah as long as it's only available to these certain people yeah i'm okay with it the strong the high of the high yeah yeah. because if i'm in a, a government building or anything like that anyway like Fucking, I'm probably there for a reason, so I really yeah. don't care, you know? So far, this says that a small external battery pack provides power and handled sensor data that is sent to the display. So it's not exactly invisible computing yet, but that's where they're at right now. They're still in their testing phase, obviously. Well, like, we have wireless charging, so... Yeah. Like, I'm... I'm Because I'm sure it's not like a tether hanging out your eyeball, you know? Yeah, so it's still under development and it's still going to require FDA approval because contact lenses are medical devices. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. It cannot be released commercially until that happens, but they are part of the Breakthrough Device Program, which is an FDA program meant to provide safe access to medical devices that can treat or reverse debilitating diseases or conditions. Yeah. This could potentially help cure a lot of eye diseases, glaucoma, cataracts, cataracts things like that. Um, more than weed does already, you know, but it could potentially do Mm. things like that. Something I just thought of is electronics get hot. Yeah. People, people are, people are asking, they're wondering if it's going to cause, you know, damage or if it's going to hurt the eyes. Cause I mean, even something as small as that though, like it probably wouldn't be much heat, but still your eyes are very sensitive, you know? So I'm, I'm curious how much heat, if any, this thing will produce and if that's going to be like an issue. I don't know yet. I, I will generally just have to see what happens. What's really cool about this though is if you get it for medical purposes, then you can essentially get it covered by your healthcare plans. Hell yeah. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. It's still research and development and the augmented reality field itself is continually growing. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, I wonder what effect this could have for blind people. I don't know. Because I would guess it wouldn't work because the nerve endings in their um, retinas are dead. The optical nerve, yeah. Because that's Uh, what that's, I don't know though, because like you could take this lens, right? And if it transmits data, then you could basically implant something into the brain yeah. that will receive that data to tell your brain what it's seeing. Cause they already basically have that. It's just like, it requires a cord and you have to wear these glasses that have cameras on it. Yeah. You can only see them black and white this, they could do it wirelessly. And I mean, you should be able to see with color for the most part. Yeah. For, for the most part, this whole thing connects to the fovea. So when you put it in your eye, it connects to the fovea, which is 4 to 5% of the retina's overall area, but it has most of your nerve endings. Yeah. One of the cool things this shows is uh, it shows like you can pull up the weather. It almost has a fallout type display. That's immediately what I thought yeah. when I saw that. Uh, but you can pull up like the weather. You can pull up like traffic, mm-hmm. uh, your sure GPS, GPS yeah. things like that. Overall, I think it can make things really cool. Yeah. Uh, if you get a text message, you can just pop it up and be like, hmm. I'm, I'm okay. definitely curious to see where it's going to go. My big thing is I want to see how communication is going to work with it from you to it. If it's going to be completely hands-free. Um, if you want to pull something up, I hope you don't have to like go to your phone and click GPS and like project to my eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, if, if they can make it where it's seamlessly, you can communicate with it. And at the same point, you know, some of our brains are just like rattle brains. We're constantly thinking of different shit all the yeah. time. And just like, I don't want to open 13 web browsers just because. <laughs> Imagine porn with this, though. Yeah. AR porn. That would be kind of <laughs> nuts. I don't know. There's so, the, the really, the possibilities are endless with it, in my opinion. It's, there's so much you can do. Just imagine some of the games that would come out for it. Because you know it would happen. Yeah, that would actually be pretty cool. Just AR games in general would be kind of dope. But we're going to have to see. We'll have to see. Oh, yeah. That's, that's everything for Mojo Vision. Mojo Vision will... Things... 
we're we're gonna keep an eye on it. I should say. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna keep an eye on it and see where where it goes from here because I'm super excited to hope that it goes far. Also, the price. See how much it's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it's not like, crazy expensive. I, w- I was poking around earlier and I saw it said it was eighty nine dollars. Yeah. But I didn't like I didn't look too much into it, so I don't know if that's per lens or. What that sounds but, like the price for some regular contact lenses. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> contact lenses are expensive, just like glasses are. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how much how long it's going to take for them to really perfect it, and and if it can cost. also actually correct vision. Yeah. You know, so someone that normally wears contacts can also get these. You know, because that would be kind of suck that you know you already got fucked on your eyesight now you can't <laughs> get this cool new thing. You know, I think this is just. Jumping well, us deeper I mean, and deeper into the simulation. This would just be because, like, essentially, if you get like you could have corrective lenses if you need a specific set, you can have them made. You know, I'm pretty sure you could do the same thing with this. Like, hey, yeah, I want corrective lenses. I want them to be the fucking AR ones, and they could have like special order kind of thing. So yeah, maybe Mojo will launch as like an actual. Uh, vision company, medical vision company, because yeah. they are develop, developing this under medical FDA guidelines. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with it. I'm super excited though. I'm super excited to see where AR goes in the future. I'm curious. You know, there's already Intel made glasses, Magic Leap made glasses, Apple has hardware for glasses, AR yeah. glasses, Google made their AR glasses. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that that's all for the Mojo Vision. Let's uh let's talk about content. Content. Um, there was nothing huge in the content sphere that I've really noticed. Uh, the CDL launched the mm-hmm. Call of Duty League. Uh, it launched this last weekend. Well, this weekend as we're recording this, uh, the twenty fifth and twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth weekend. Yeah. Uh, it launched in Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota Rocker. R-O-K-K-O-R. Nice. Their uh, logo is like some like crazy Viking shit. Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota Rocker are actually owned by Gary V. Who's Gary V? Gary V. Gator Vayner, Gary Vaynerchuk. The motivational speaker dude. You've seen his shit. I'd have to see his face again. Oh my God. I have to show you Gary V <laughs> right now. Gary V. Gary V. Is, is Gary that, Vaynerchuk. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super motivational speaker, entrepreneur, all this stuff. Uh, but he he owns Vayner Media, which he basically bought the rights to uh, the Minnesota franchise. Yeah. Well, Gary, they uh, they had some pretty like controversial stuff happen. Mm-hmm. So they rented out this venue called the Armory in. Uh, Minnesota, and they have Call of Duty now has a Challengers League and then the Call of Duty League. And there was a lot of drama from the AMs that think they're worth a lot of money when they're not. They are kind of like spoiled by how MLG used to run things. Yeah. That essentially the Armory has like a main stage venue, and then they have like an underground venue, which is essentially a parking garage. Yeah. Right? Uh, but it's an actual venue. They use it for concerts and stuff. Nice. Like an underground venue for concerts. And the AMs got there on th- Wednesday or Thursday before things really started going and uh, things like that. 
and there's some dude took a video or a picture or some shit and be like, oh, so Call of Duty's downgraded to this now. We're playing in a parking garage. They're not even done fucking setting up. Yeah. All they had is some tables and systems out so they could fucking practice. Yeah. And before they set the actual stage up and there's a lot of drama about that. And then the league happens. Uh, the best team, Dallas Empire, got shit on. Really? Um, they were being hyped up like super crazy. The best team in the world. A lot of drama between them. And they got shit on because they weren't as good as they thought they were. <laughs> uh, they played the second two. The, there was like, there's power rankings coming out, you know, because these kids are making like 200000 a year. Yeah. Um, the, when the Call of Duty League happened, it was a $25 million buy-in from the uh, corporations or the teams. So these kids are making a lot of money. Yeah. It's a minimum of 50K. Really? Yeah. Damn. That's that's the minimum that they pay they have to pay those players. Damn. Uh authorized by the league. But like the star players are making like two hundred grand a year. But uh they got shit on by Huntsman and uh Atlanta Phase. But it was overall it seemed pretty good. There was a lot of drama. Um the Call of Duty League was trying some new spectator tools, like mm-hmm. some third person stuff, and just basically they, they developed all these new tools to use for spectating. And people were complaining because they were using them because it's different. Yeah. You know, it was good before. It's like, wait like three months. And when they finally get used to the, using these tools and you're going to be like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Quit bitching. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that happened. Call of Duty League. That's really the only big, big thing that happened. Um, what Have you been watching anything lately? Just the normal stuff that I usually watch. Just like, computer stuff? Yeah. PC much. stuff? Like... <laughs> Other other uh, than PC stuff, so for our content creators we've been watching, uh, we're, we'll do this every single week. We'll talk about content creators, who we've been watching, who we've been listening to, enjoying. Um, I started watching more tech guys, Jay's Two Cents, uh, Bitwit, as well as Linus. I always watch Linus. Yep. But I started watching Bitwit and Jay's Two Cents. Jay's Two Cents is a super smart kid. Dude. Uh, I shouldn't say kid. Yeah, he's yeah. like 45. <laughs> but super, super smart dude. He's done tons of custom PC builds. Yeah. He did this dope-ass custom PC build for Terry Crews. Yeah. It is so dope. It's like a full <laughs> Old Spice PC. Really? Yeah. So it's got like, it's a full red case. One of one red case. Yeah. By Spectre and... Um, they got the front plate with like the old spice logo and it says old spice bear glove. And it says Terry Crews under it. And then on the inside, they got like a, the, the new Titan XP in it. Uh, and they ran all the wires. It's red and blue. Yeah. Like the old spice. Nice. And they had like a, like an actual like stick of old spice in there <laughs> with it. And like the whole thing is like this mirrored glass. It's so fucking gnarly, dude. Yeah. I've been watching those guys. Just tech people. For me, it's been... uh, There's also a lot of YouTube channels that do benchmarks. Yeah. Where they essentially, they'll just show you the FPS Mm in-game of certain setups. And I've been watching a bunch of those too. I've I've got into one or two of those, but I don't know who I don't know who it was. But uh, the Jay's Two Cents I like discovered like three days ago. Yeah, I started uh, watching Linus, him yesterday. Uh, Linus, of course, been watching him, and then uh, uh, Demolition Ranch. Yeah, for my, for my he did something stuff. like he said something crazy lately. I can't remember what it was. I hadn't seen any of his oh, new videos, shit. but then uh, it popped up in my recommended Swagger Souls. And, um, uh, uh, I have been listening to. Oh yeah, he tested out a bomb suit two days oh, ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So I've been watching. 
I should say watching watching and listening to the Misfits podcast I'm, every just, single day at work. Just started listening to them. Every single day at work. That's what I listen to all day is the Misfits podcast. Nice. I'm on episode like 54 out of like 72. So I'm going to be really sad um, soon. Halfway through the first episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the second episode, Poland Story, funniest shit ever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm uh, I, when you get to like ep- the newer episodes, they start doing videos for them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's really cool to watch the videos for them. But I've been watching, listening to them every fucking day. They're so fucking funny, dude. Yeah. And then when those dudes get like real... You know, they start talking about real shit, about, like, their happiness. Yeah. And uh, talking about, like, uh, egos and stuff like that. Fitz goes on, like, a long rant about egos and stuff like that. It's so cool to see someone in the spotlight, like Fitz, that has mm. five million subs or something like that, and hear them talk in, like, such a down-to-earth level. Yeah. You know, he's just a fucking crazy dude from, little crazy-ass <laughs> Kiwi from New Zealand, you know? And, uh... Hear him like essentially listening to a podcast where you hear them be like real people where they can't yeah. fake it. You know, you can't really ham up a pot an hour long podcast. I wouldn't be able to. I can no. tell you that shit. No, this is all. me, yo. <laughs> but uh, listening to them, where essentially like normally you're watching a ten minute video from them that they have cut together to be as funny as possible. Yeah. And then you watch them in the podcast where essentially it's edited. Yes. But you can't, there's only so much of a podcast you can edit out and then you just ruin the podcast. Yeah. So it's super cool to see like them. And like when they did mind of Mason, uh, with Zuckles and they go into his Twitter and like talk about him, about his like mental health and stuff like that. It's super, it's super cool to see them like cover such like serious topics. Just be human. Yeah. Just, just seeing someone you think of as a celebrity, you look up to, uh, as like just a normal dude, you know what I mean? Like they talk about when they went to, um, IEM Sydney and it was the grand final of the CS match. Yeah. It was uh, Liquid versus Cloud9. All right. Game five. Map five, it was 2-2. Halfway through map five, uh, they had just got done with the split, so it was probably, it was like 9-9 nine, nine or whatever. Uh, they were going in the second half. They, um, Zuckles and Jay, the two Aussies, yeah. Uh, McCreamy and Zuckles, basically they, were, they had a skybox, like a private skybox or whatever, because they're all famous and shit. And um, they're just standing there and uh, half the crowd just starts looking up at them and uh, basically telling them to like chug their beers, just like take it to the head. And um, he sits there and like Zuckles and McCreamy and somebody else, they stand up, they just take it straight to the head. They chug the whole thing. (laughs) And then um, the whole entire, like two thirds of the crowd all start channeling, just chanting, Zuckles a retard. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, ha- like, middle of this game, I felt bad for the CSGO players, because, like, they're playing their hardest, and on the broadcast, you could hear the crowd chanting, Zuckles is a retard. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god, like, god. they're ruining, like, they're all ruining the production, and they get then like um, the whole crowd starts chanting for them to go to like gate fifteen. Yeah. So like Swagger and them are like fuck it, let's go, <laughs> and they literally they have the whole like 
a hundred people, 150 people following them at gay 15, just walking. And they're all just like singing and chanting. And they got pulled over, pulled to the side by security and told them they had to go back to their fucking seat. Cause they were starting a riot. <laughs> Cause it seemed like they were inciting a riot Damn. and they got in a bunch of trouble. And it was just like, it was insane, dude, literally in the middle of the match. And you could hear it in the broadcast and everything. <laughs> and uh, the commentators were like, oh, it looks like the Misfits are here. Just like <laughs> mentioned it slightly. It was so good, dude. The Misfits are fucking hilarious. Those dudes are so good. Hell they have yeah. a YouTube channel where they put vlogs and stuff up. You need, to wa- you need to watch there. It's like all the adventures you hear about in the podcast, they've mm-hmm. made videos for most of them, except for the Poland story. And uh, that shit's so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> everyone just watch them. Like everyone probably knows what the Misfits is. But if there's some slight chance you don't know who the Misfits are or Fitz or Swagger Souls or suck, any of them, dude, they're fucking hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. So just much. tech and Misfits. That's all we've been watching, <laughs> dude. Both of us, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. I remember why I really haven't watched anything else lately. I've been focusing all my time on that stuff. Yeah. Other than like the random GIF videos. Yeah. You know, what have you been playing lately? Just Outer uh, Worlds? Uh, well, I pl- got into playing Outer Worlds again. Uh, Dungeon Dragons Neverwinter. Okay. Started playing that because my wife wanted to play it again. Yeah. So I downloaded it, started playing a little bit, and then uh, I got back into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Okay. Only thing I've touched uh, this whole week has been Forza Horizon 4. Nice. I, I'm up to like 150 cars. I played maybe like two minutes of that and was like, oh, I don't want to play this anymore. I'm up to 150 cars. Um, I've been doing a bunch of just... I like just I'm trying to complete a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I normally don't complete all the festival stuff, but I'm trying to do that now. So See, that, that's why I don't want to play it. Like if I end up getting on it, I don't actually play the game. Yeah. I'll just like hop into my GTR and drive around, bum around, you know, like I've been driving so. around the Bentley Continental, yeah. the Bentley Continental. Uh, I got it painted like a metallic teal. Yeah. Yeah. I was driving it. And then uh, I don't know if you, if you know what the TVR is. It's it's painted way when I bought it it was painted like this it has like big lightning bolts down the side and it says Shazam <laughs> on the back but it's like my speed skill car and I've just yeah. been driving the shit out of it it's, it's all about the R32 midnight purple GT I finally got a Koenigsegg though yeah yeah I finally got a Koenigsegg nice so Koenigsegg uh, I'll, I'll be happy once I buy the Koenigsegg one one mm-hmm. but you know I'm waiting till then I got a um. What was it? A Maserati? No. It was a different, like, hypercar. But I got a new hypercar that's, like, super dope. So, yeah. Uh, my Porsche Carrera GT is not my fastest anymore. So. Yeah. Yep. The TVR is faster nice. and it has 10 out of 10 handling. So, nice. Literally goes, like, almost 300 and turns on a dime. <laughs> so, yep. I think we're done. I yeah, think that's, that's everything. That's all of our stuff. Uh, I'm going to try and like find some sick transitions to throw in between each thing so it doesn't sound so shitty. <laughs> it just feels like everything's like so cramped together and I kind of want to find a way to split it. So yeah. we'll think of something. Outro. So thank you everyone that has listened this far. We really appreciate you. Uh, if you are listening on Spotify, we're also on iTunes. If you prefer that, if you're listening on iTunes, we're also on Spotify. If you prefer that, <laughs> uh, we're on a lot of different audio platforms. Um, the podcast will not be on YouTube. I think I said before that we might put it on YouTube, but I am not going to. The podcast is going to be an audio audio platform. That's it. Uh, when we do start doing YouTube, we're essentially going to do things that complement 
the podcast. So, for instance, we would put up like a reaction to the Doom Eternal trailer. Yeah. Um, or like a cut a compilation up of us reacting to all the trailers that are out. Um, things like that. Outer Worlds, uh, we you'd probably see like gameplay from us mm-hmm. basically talking about the game, uh, stuff like that. Whenever new games drop, once we are completely ready, we have our new PCs and stuff like that, we might put up some Let's Play stuff, uh, just playthroughs of the game, and, or we might just like chop up a video of us playing through the game and show showcase that. We'll oh, see. Uh, we'll see exactly what we want to do, but the podcast will not be on YouTube. It's going to be on audio platforms. Just If you listen on audio platform and it's not on that platform... Uh, email or anything, email, Twitter, Instagram us, and we'll get it put on that platform. Promise. So Twitter and Instagram is at leadership GG, LDR, SHP GG. Um, me personally, I'm at lasers GG. You're at Destin Gartman. Yep. At Destin Gartman. At Destin Gartman. And yeah, any, anything you want to hear about, uh, especially in tech, tech's a little bit harder to pick and choose things for. Yeah. Uh, especially because you want stuff to be relevant. You don't want to just, I mean, if like a new graphics card drops, like when the RTX dropped, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be a, that'd be something we'd talk about like that or talk about the new Threadripper, stuff like that. Yeah. But I want to talk about like future tech, things that are going to change our world, uh, not just things that might make my computer a little bit faster, yeah. unless it's really revolutionary, you know what I mean? And, and shit that y'all are interested in. Yeah. If you, know? if you want to hear about something, just, yeah, you know, hit us up. Uh, Let us know. Twitter DMs, Instagram DMs, just uh, say what's up. Anyway, I think that's it. I think we're done. Yep. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace out. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.